over here. We are in middle of Shmuel Beis, and we're towards the end of Perich Yud Beis, chapter 12 of Shmuel Beis. Um, <coughs> of course, we're going through the story of David HaMelech, and um, now at this point, David HaMelech is already the accepted king of Klal Yisrael. Um, he already lives in Yerushalayim. We talked about the fact that the first number of years after Shaul's passing, David began his Malucha in Hebron, and then he was only in some of the Shvatim, but then he came to Yerushalayim, and then he was accepted by all the Shvatim. Um, at that point, he was involved in bringing the Orin back to Yerushalayim, and then he wanted, then he expressed his desire to build a Besamikdash, and that's when he was told the Nevuah that he would not be able to build a Besamikdash, it would be his son, but he would be the one to prepare everything for it. Um, but then things took a, a significant turn for the worse, and that's really the way it's going to continue. Um, one thing we know as learning through Navi that there's ups and downs and the Navi t- the, the Sefer and Navim don't hide anything and tell us all the stories some of them more positive and some more negative negative. and in the last Perik that we learned the last two Perakim was the story of David and Bathsheba where we have on a Pshat level at least on a Pshat level there's a David sinned with the woman Bathsheba who was married to Uriah we talk about that the Gemara tells us that really halachically she was divorced because when somebody would go out to war, so they would write a get, they would write a, uh, a divorce document before they went out to war. Um, so therefore there wasn't a question of actual halachic adultery, but nevertheless it was definitely considered a stain um, for David HaMelech. And ultimately, after Uriah is killed in battle, David marries Bathsheba. And this Bathsheba is going to become really the, a, a primary part of David's life later, and the one who's going to give birth to Shlema HaMelech, who's going to be, of course, David's successor and the great tzaddik, who builds the Beis HaMikdash. Um, but before that, we had uh, the initial child that was born to Bathsheba dies, and David is, uh, mourns the child. And it's um, and then and the last thing that we learned really was what, that uh, Bathsheba gives birth to another child, and he's called Shlemite. Um, and Nasan Hanavi gives him another name, which is Yedidya, which means literally the friend of Hashem, and that was Shlomo HaMelech. Um, but because of the sin of David and Bathsheba, so David is already told that there's going to be now a lot of tzaras, a lot of difficulty in his own home, um, which, as we're going to see over the next number of chapters, tremendous uh, internal suffering um, and pain um, in David's home and in David's life, which is really going to be the story of tonight's class, and perhaps the next class as well. Uh, again, painful and difficult stories. So, the, and the end of Perik Yudbez, I think we left off at the Pasik Chavvav, and there's about another uh, seven or eight Pesukim in the Perik, and just talks about an additional battle, which we're not going to go through, of um, uh, which David fought. David, of course, David's general is still Yoav, Yoav ben Surya, who we've learned about. Yoav has his uh, good times and bad times with David. He definitely has done things that David is upset with. But nevertheless, Yoav remains true to David till the end, and he's his general, and he wages another successful battle, which is described until the end of Perak Yud Beis. So we're going to move on to Perak Yud Gimel. Um, and again, Perak Yud Gimel is one of the sad, sadder or saddest prokim of Shmuel. And that's a story that happens in David's household. Um, David has a son, Avshalom, who's uh, going to be... Another story, the, the, uh, Avshalom is ultimately going to rebel against David HaMelech, and that's going to be a terrible battle, terrible war. But before that, uh, we have the story of uh, Amnon and Tamar. Now, it says Avshalom has a sister, and her name is Tamar. 
So Avshalom and Tamar are both children of David HaMelech, their brother and sister. Um, we're going to see that there's question about Tamar's, about Tamar's relationship to uh, David HaMelech, as we'll see as the story goes on. But uh, um, Avshalom and Tamar are brother and sister, as the Pasuk says in the beginning of uh, Perekhi Gimel, that Vahi Achrekin Ol Avshalom ben David Achos Yafa Oshma Tamar, that he has a beautiful sister named Tamar. Now, there's another son of David from a different wife, from a different woman named Amnon. Amnon, son of David. And this Amnon has a tremendous desire and liking for Tamar, who is, again, on a simple level, she is his sister from his father, right? Born to different mothers, but both would seem to be David HaMelech's children. And Amnon has this uh, relationship in his mind with his half-sister, Tamar. Now, the reason I keep on saying that, it's, uh, that there's a question about, how, uh, about their relationship is because later, as we'll see in the Peric, that Tamar says that really she's permissible to marry Amnon. Um, and why would that be? And in the Gemara, there's a whole discussion about that. There's an opinion that, um, that David had married uh, Tamar's mother, and, um, and Tamar was already born before David married, his, mar- married her mother. So that she's from a different father altogether. So that she's not related to Amnon, not from father or mother. Um, there's another opinion of the Gemara that Tamar calls from what's co- comes from what's called an Eishas Yifas Tor. Eishas Yifas Tor is discussed in, uh, in the Pasuk, in the beginning of Parshas Kiseitse, um, which describes that when a soldier goes to war and they take a captive uh, woman, the soldier is allowed to, to have relations with that woman one time. And then, if he wants, he, then she would convert and marry him. So according to one opinion of the Gemara, the mother of Tamar was, such, was an Eishas Yifas Tor that David had had relations with, and then later she converted and he married her. But that Tamar was a daughter from that first relationship, and therefore she's considered a daughter, she's a Giyiris, not a daughter of David. Again, different opinions in the Gemara about the story of exactly where, where Tamar comes from. But the, the Pasuk itself doesn't discuss any of that. The Pasuk just says that Amnon, a son of David, um, has this desire for, for uh, Tamar, Tamar, this daughter of David. And uh, it, 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 uh, it totally consumes Amnon, Amnon, son of David, that he wants Tamar. So the Pasuk says in Gimel that Amnon had a friend, and the friend is Yonadav ben Shima, Yonadav. And the Gemara says, from here we talk, from here we learn how powerful negative friends can be. As, the, as it says in Pirkei Avos, that one should search for friends that only want to help us, not hurt us. This Yonadav says was a big chacham, was very wise, but wise and wicked. So Amnon asks his friend Yonadav, what should I do? He says, I really, really want this woman. And Yonadav, again, who's, who's uh, according to all accounts, Rashi says he was a Russia, he was wicked. So he says, he says, not a problem. He says, why don't you tell everyone that you're sick and your father, David HaMalach, will come to see you. And then you'll tell him that you want Tamar, um, the sister of Shalom, to come and to, to make food for you and to care for you. And that's what you should do. That's the um, evil advice that Yonadav gives Amnon. And that's exactly what happens. And Pasig Vav and Pasig Zion, we have Amnon who uh, pretends to be sick. And ultimately, he's so sick, everyone's talking about he's sick. So David Amalek comes to him. 
And Amram says, if only Tamar would come and she would, uh, you know, nurse me and feed me and, and bring me back to health. And David says, fine. And David calls for Tamar and Tamar comes and she starts taking care of this Amnon, who's really uh, faking this, this illness. Um, and ultimately Amnon calls her closer and Amnon has everyone leave. And Amnon tells Tamar, uh, Amnon asks Tamar to have relations with him. Tamar refuses. And as the pastor goes on, you'd gimel, you'd dalit. And, and here's where Tamar says, why do you have to do this? We can actually you know, talk to your father, talk to David HaMelech, and he'll allow us to be married. Which is where, which is where um, it goes back to what I said earlier, that Tamar wasn't a real daughter to David HaMelech. And that's why she's saying to Amnon that David HaMelech would allow us to be married. You know, go to, go to, uh, go to David HaMelech and he would allow this. But ultimately Amnon is, is overtaken with desire. And he actually rapes this Tamar, um, and that's what happens. But uh, in and, and Tom, but Tamar fights him, and she actually hurts him. She hurts him very severely when he does that. And therefore, at this moment, it says the pasuk says that his love for her turns for a hatred for her, and he sends her from him. And she says, "Don't send, don't send me away in shame." But that's what he does. He sends her out, and he has her. Uh, he has his servant take her out of the room. And so in Pasuk Yutas, it says Tamar goes out and she puts uh, uh, Afish, but like uh, she's mourning, she puts uh, dust on her, on her head and she's crying. And the, and this, and the word goes out, uh, at least to the brothers, that Amnon, this, uh, Amnon, a son of David, had raped this woman, Tamar. And so her brother is Avshalom. And he says, you know, you be quiet, I'll take care of it. Um, David HaMelech hears the story, he says David is very angered, very upset. And, but he does, David doesn't do anything at that time. And a fight, the, the uh, Pasuk of Bey says that Avshalom, who, Avshalom, who's the brother of Tamar, carries this hatred in his heart to Amnon for what he did to his sister Tamar. And that takes us through Pasuk of Bey's. Um, it's interesting that the Gemara tells us that at this time, it was the Bezdin of David HaMelech who made a Gzera, who made a uh, rule of the Isser of Yichud. You know that till today there's an Isser in Shulchan Aruch of Yichud that a, a man and a woman should not be in a place in seclusion. Um, initially, before David HaMelech, that Isser was only for like a, a married woman to be with a man in a place seclude, secluded. But it was in the Bezdin of David HaMelech after this story of Tamar and Amnon that the Isser, the prohibition, was created against any man and woman, married or not married, um, to be in seclusion together because of this story that transpired because Yichud was possible. Right? At that time, it was Amnon who said, you know, everyone leave and just leave me with Tamar. And that wasn't something that was forbidden at the time, which led to this disastrous end. And that's when that Isser of Yichud came to be. But that's the story. So, that, so that's part one of the story, that you have a son of David Amalek, Amnon, who's overtaken with lust and with desire, and he rapes someone who's in the same home. Again, not technically a sister, but someone who grew up in David Amalek's home, a sister to his brother Avshalom. But the uh, story doesn't end there at all, as the Pasuk goes on in Pasuk of Gimel, that it was two years later, and Avshalom was going out to, um, they were going out to, uh, uh, to shear the shear the sheep of his flock, and it seems that they would make um, like some type of a seuda when people would go out to shear the sheep, and Avshalom invited his father to come, and David said, "I don't have to go to parties. I don't have to go." Um, Avshalom says, "At least send Amnon 
So Amnon Taka wants Amnon one. And it's at this point that Avshalom wants to avenge what was done to his sister. And Avshalom tells some of his uh, servants, he says, when Amnon has wine, when, Amnon was, uh, when his defenses are down, so you go out and put Amnon to death because of what Amnon did to Tamar. And that's what happens. That's what happens as the Pasuk says in Pasuk Hoftes, that the servants of Avshalom did to Amnon what Avshalom said should be done. Um, and they put him to death. And uh, uh, so Amnon is killed at this point. So, and as, as the Mepharshim point out, all of this is part of the, is the curses that was, that Nasan Hanavi said to David HaMelech, what happened after the story of Avshalom, uh, after the story with Bathsheba, which we learned about. But after that story, when Nasan uh, talks to David HaMelech, and Nasan says he's going to be punished severely. So he said that in your, in your own home, there's going to be strife, and there's going to be um, death, and there's going to be, um, you know, all types of difficulty which is playing itself out in this parak and in the ensuing parakim. So, so, so at this point already we have, so one, we had the, the rape of Tamar, and then we have the killing of, of Amnon, who was the one who, uh, who, was the one who did the first, uh, the first crime, the first Avera. So all the other sons of David Amalek were there, all fled, because they see that already one, that Amnon was put to death, and they, they all fled. Pasik says in Pasik Lamid that, that all this is going on in the fields, and the Shmua, the, uh, the the tidings come to David HaMelech, but you know, with uh, the, it seems that there was uh, news reporters then too. So the tidings come to David HaMelech that all of the king's sons were put to death. That's what he hears. Um, in Pasuk Lamed, he says, "Vashmua Baal David Lamer Hika Avshalom is called Bnei HaMelech Nosar Mehem Echod." The way the news was reported to David HaMelech is that your son Avshalom put to death all of the king's sons. And no one's left. David HaMelech hears this, that all of his sons were killed. So Vayakam HaMelech, the David HaMelech stands up, Vayikras Begodov, he, he rips, he rents his garments, Vayishkavartse, he lays on the floor. And everyone is, 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 everyone is crying. All the kings, all the sons of David were killed. So in Pasuk Lamebez, we have no, we have Yonadav. Yonadav was the one who was the evil advisor in the first place, who advised Amnon to the act of sin. So Yonadav says, he says, no, he says, that's not, that's not true. It's not true that all of your sons were killed. Only Amnon was killed. And it's Avshalom, Avshalom who killed Amnon, who had Amnon killed because he was avenging the, um, the rape of, of Tamar. And, uh, and that's what, uh, so that's, Yonadav tells David Amalek, he says, listen to me, I'm telling you. He says, only one son was killed. And, and he was right, obviously. And the Pasuk says in Lamedale that ultimately Avshalom ran away because Avshalom here now, he, he had caused, he killed, his, he killed a, a brother. He killed a brother, he killed Amnon. Now he did it for a reason. He was avenging his sister. But, but, he, but nevertheless, he was afraid. He didn't know how his father would take it. And therefore he ran away. Um, by Yivrach, Avshalom, he ran away to a different city. And then as the people near David HaMelech saw that there was a big group coming towards David HaMelech, and those those were attacking the different sons of the king that were all were, that all came back, um, and 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 Yonadav says, "See, look, all the sons of the king are not killed; they're all coming back." And and David Amalek realized what happened, as the pasuk says in Lamid uh, Lamid Vav, he says, "Vhini bnei Amalek bo." The other sons of the king came. Vayisu kolam vayifku. Everyone was crying because a, a son of the king was killed. Vigam Amalek vachalavada. The king and all his servants were crying um, because of this tragedy. This double tragedy of Tamar and ultimately Amnon. 
And Avshalom Milar runs away and he goes to Talmai Ben Amiud, Melech Geshur, a different king, not a Jewish king. And David Melech missed his son Avshalom. You know, here we have, you know, Avshalom had killed one son, but it was to avenge Tamar. So for a couple of years, though, Avshalom now was separated from his father, David Hamelech. And at this point, at the end of the period, the Pasuk says that David really wanted his son to come back, wanted to see him again. At this point, David had already sort of uh, made peace, so to speak, with the death of Amnon, and understanding especially that that was a punishment for what Amnon had done. And that's how Perik, that's how Perik Yud Gimel concludes. Again, a very sad chapter in the, um, the beginning of the uh, fruition of the curses that Nasan said would happen um, after the story of David and Bathsheba. Perik Yudalid. So Yudalid, we have a, an interesting episode and an interesting mushal that's actually became a famous mushal. And that is, again, Yoav comes into the picture. Remember, Yoav is the general and Yoav is a very, very ardent uh, defender and he's there for David HaMelech. And sometimes he does things that David doesn't agree with, but Yoav is still seen as David HaMelech's right-hand man. So Yoav recognizes here that the king is separated from his son Avshalom for a number of years already. Again, since the story of Avshalom, uh, by the way, I should mention, um, in Pirkei Avos, it talks about Ava HaTluya Bedover and Ava She'ina Tluya Bedover. But it talks about love that's dependent on external things and love that's a true love. And what's the, what's the um, who's the example that Pirkei Avos brings for true love? Love that's unconditional is love between David and Yonasan and, Yon and David, right? Who we learned about in the past uh, at length. And Yonasan and David is the ultimate um, expression of true love. And then Pirkei Avos goes on to say, and what's the mushal for Av, for the, for the opposite, for, uh, for love that's not a true love? That's the love of, of Amnon and Tamar. That, 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 that lust um, and desire from Amnon to Tamar was the example of the opposite, of love that's really a meaningless type of a love. That's in Pirkei Avos. The two, they're side by side. David and Yonasan versus Amnon and Tamar, which is the story that we just learned in Perik Yud Gimel. Okay, but moving on to Perik Yud Dalit. So in Yudalit, Yoav now wants to try to bring Avshalom back to David. Back to, uh, back to be able to bring him back into good graces, so to speak. Again, we know, we know the end of the story. Avshalom is going to be the biggest problem to David. Right? The problems are just beginning. But at this point, we don't know that yet. And Yoav has, there's an estranged son, the Avshalom, and Yoav wants to try to figure this out to be able to bring Avshalom into Dove's graces, um, though Avshalom is the one who is responsible for Amnon's death. So what does Yoav do? And Yoav recognizes that he's going to have to use some, uh, some cunning here, some, some wisdom. And it says, interestingly, that Yoav sends to the city of Tekoa, and calls for a Isha Chachama, a wise woman from Tekoa. And the Gemara says that the people in Tekoa, and I don't know, I think there's a place in Israel today called Tekoa as well. I don't know if it's the same Tekoa as was then. But the Gemara says the place of Tekoa was known for people of tremendous wisdom. Um, it's interesting that uh, Tekoa was a place where a lot of uh, olives grew. And the Gemara says that olive, or oil, that, uh, or the oil that comes from olives is connected with Chachma. And there's a lot of uh, Kabbalah about that, how Shemen is connected to Chachma. And we know soon we have the Yom Tov Hanukkah, which is all about oil. Um, and oil, especially Kabbalistically, is definitely connected with Chachma. 
even before Hanukkah, we have Yutas Kislev, which is all about Hasidus, and Hasidus is compared to oil, Shemen of Torah. But be that as it may, Tekoa was a place of wisdom. So Yoav calls for this very wise woman from Tekoa, and he says, I want you to help me. I need you to go to the king, and we have to get the king to pardon his son Avshalom and allow him to come back to the palace. And this is the plan. So Yoav conspires with this Isha Chachama, with this wise woman from Tekoa. And he says, I want you to put on garments of an, of an Avela, of someone who's in mourning. Um, and, you know, don't, uh, says, don't, uh, I say, to, don't wear perfumes or tesuchi shemen, oils, oils of perfumes. And act like a woman who is in mourning. And I want you to go to the king and I want you to tell him the following story. And again, Yoav says, he gives her a whole plot, a whole tale to tell the king and asking the king for his advice and for his judgment. So this uh, woman from Tekoa comes before the king and she falls before the king and she says, King, I need your help. And David says, you know, you have to remember, David was not just a regular king. David was the shofet. David was also the judge. He was the one who would help people. So David says, what is it? You know, what's the problem? And here she, she gives a whole tale. And again, the tale was primarily, it seems, concocted by Yoav. And she says like this. She says, I had two sons. My sons got into a terrible fight. And nobody was able to pull one off the other. And one killed the other. Now, now I only have one son. So she says, my entire family wants me to put the remaining son to death. And the reason is because they say he killed his brother. But I say that now I have one son. If we'll put him to death, I have no sons. And therefore she asks the Malach, she says, Hashia, I need your help. Um, who's right? Again, this is really a story that didn't happen. But she tells David Malach as if this is a story that's happening. And that's why she's wearing clothing of mourning because she's mourning the son that was put to death by the other son. So she, but and she's saying everyone wants to put the first son to death, but she, um, but she wants to save her remaining son because this way she has a son. And the David Amalek hears her and she says, okay, don't worry, go to your house in peace. I'll take care of it. Um, I'll take care of it. And I'll, I'll, I'll protect your son. Um, and she says, um, you know, uh, you know, how, how do I know? Or what, and you know, who's who, who's going to tell me that you protected him? So the the Malach says, no, security says, you know, don't worry about it. You can bring your son to me. I will guard him. I'll take care of him. That that no that nothing should happen to your son. So then the woman says, can I talk to you? Can I really talk to you, Your Majesty? And then she says, then she starts telling him that all this was really only a muscle. All of this was only an analogy. Um, and she says, why do you think anyone would have killed the, that people want to kill my, the, the son, the remaining son, after all, there was no witnesses. And then she starts talking very, um, in, in, in Mishalom, like in allegory, she says, once one died, it's like water that already went on the ground that can't be gathered. And isn't it time for us to think to save the one who's still alive? In other words, even though one son was killed, but the other son now is the only one alive. So we have to think, Machshavos, how can we bring, how can we save the second son? And although he has to be punished, but not to put him to death. And she says, really, when I'm talking here before the king, I'm really talking about your own story. 
She says, the reason I'm talking in allegory is because I didn't want to come talk to you about your own sons. But really, this is the story of Avshalom and Amnon. That true Avshalom is your son. Avshalom put, had Amnon put to death for whatever reasons. But now Avshalom is still alive. So if Avshalom remains estranged from you, so then you, lose, then you lost both of your sons. And that's what she tells him. And at this point, David HaMelech understands exactly what she's saying. And David HaMelech immediately um, realizes there must be Yoav that's behind the story. Yoav, his, uh, again, his, his, his right-hand uh, right man. So in, in Pasuk Yudchas, Vayan HaMelech, Vayomer Isha, the king tells the woman, he says, don't hold back anything from me. Whatever I ask you. And she says, of course. And he says, Hayad Yoav Itach Becholzos. Was Yoav's hand in all this? And you're coming before me and you're telling me this mushal. And she says, yes. She says, it was, it was Yoav who commanded me to say these words. He put these words in my mouth. And this is what I came to tell you. And it's all, um, and he sa she says, uh, it's, it's, uh, this is all to bring out with the, what Yoav wanted to do. And, 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 and uh, my master, the king, is a chacham kechachmas malach alikim, is wise like an angel to know what, what, the, what has to be done. So the king calls for Yoav and Pasach Hafalef. And he says, He says, you're right, and the story and the, uh, the mushal that you, that you created is correct, and please go and bring back my son Avshalom, who again for the last couple of years was estranged, was after the, uh, after the killing of Amnon. And Yoav uh, falls on his face before the king, and he blesses the king, and he says, I know now that I found favor in your eyes, um, because the king has agreed to what, I, to what I'm suggesting. And so, and Yoav uh, goes out to Geshura, where where, yeah, where Avshalom is living, and he brings Avshalom back to Yerushalayim. That's the end of Pasuk Chaf Gimel. But before we go on, I just want to go back to um, Pasuk in, when the woman was saying her mushal in Pasuk Yudalid. She said a line that that line has become a very famous line, and especially in Kabbalah and Hasidus. She talks about that although one son killed the other, but nevertheless, the one who's passed away, passed away. And it's up to us, she says, that we have to use our machshava, our thoughts, yidach mimenu nidach, that not to lose, not to lose the other son, the son that's alive. This pasuk, um, Kabbalistically, and in Hasidus, is brought many times, that Hashem thinks all types of machshavos in order ultimately not to lose a single soul. That even if a person sinned, and even if a person sinned very terribly and even egregiously, Hashem thinks all types of machshavos, makes all types of plans, in order to bring every neshama ultimately back. Because being that every neshama, no matter how much they sinned, comes from Hashem, is part of Hashem. So ultimately every neshama has to come back. You know, there's famous, uh, there's the, there's the um, question about Chiyas HaMesim, um, where the uh, we we say in Shnai is Kol Yisrael Yeshlam Chelak Leilam Haba. Everyone ultimately will have Chiyas Hamesim, but there's different Gemaras that seem that a person who did this sin or the other sin won't have Chiyas Hamesim. So this pasuk is the pasuk that's brought both in Tanya and it's brought the Rebbe brings it many times that ultimately every single neshama and even one who sinned terribly, um, obviously every sin ultimately has to be cleansed and has to be punished, but ultimately. That no spark will ever be totally lost before Hashem um, is brought as the source for the fact that every single neshama will ultimately have Tchiyas 
And that's the, that's the quote from the Isha Chachama, the Isha Tekois, the wise woman from Tekoa, who said this um, expression to David HaMelech, that true your son sinned. And he may have sinned egregiously. He may have murdered. And nevertheless, ultimately, it's up to, it's up to uh, the uh, wisdom of David to think how that person can also be brought back, ultimately referring to Hashem, who uses Hashem's wisdom to ultimately lead to it that every person should come back, whether in this Gilgal or a later Gilgal or a different incarnation, but ultimately every neshama is reunited with Hashem. So it's really uh, that Pasuk that became really a very famous Pasuk throughout the many Mitzvahim that comes from this parak of the Vilte Yidach Mimenu Nidach that no one will ever be fully lost from Hashem. Okay, but back to where we're holding. We're holding by Pasuk of Dalet. So, Avshalom comes back, is brought back to Yerushalayim, but nevertheless, David doesn't want to see him. He allows him to come back to Yerushalayim, but nevertheless, someone who caused the death to another son of David, so David doesn't see him. So he lives in Yerushalayim, but as the Pasuk says, he doesn't see the face of the king. And the Pasuk goes on to talk about Avshalom, that he was a beautiful person and he was a mighty person. Um, It talks about the fact that he would take a haircut once a year. He had very long hair, and as we'll know at the end of the story of Avshalom, that ultimately that's going to cause his undoing. But uh, the Gemara says he was a Nazir. He was what's called a a Nazir Olam. There's an halacha, when a person, we have the the Parsha in Parshas Nasa, talks about a person who becomes a Nazir. Um, And a a Nazir is not allowed to take a haircut, but a Nazir is typically for 30 days. 30 days or a little more. But then there's a person who's a Nazir Olam, is a Nazir forever, their entire lifetime. And that person is allowed to take a haircut only once a year. And that's what the Pasuk says here, that uh, Avshalom would take a haircut once a year, and when he did that, his hair was so weighty, like like 200 shekel of silver. Um, he was a mighty person. And Avshalom had sons and daughters. Okay, but then the Pasuk says, but Avshalom is already living in Yerushalayim two years, but he doesn't see, he doesn't see his father's face. He doesn't see David HaMelech. And Avshalom calls for Yoav. And he wants Yoav to, he says, Yoav, you brought me back to Yerushalayim. I want you to be able to, you know, get me access to see my father David HaMelech. But Yoav doesn't want to come. Yoav already feels he did his thing. He already brought him back to Yerushalayim. So he sends for Yoav once. He sends for Yoav twice. And finally, what he does is, Yoav is not paying any attention to him, so he starts up with Yoav. He uh, says he puts, uh, he uh, creates, he does some arson, <laughs> Avshalom, in Yoav's uh, fields. So Yoav comes to Avshalom, says, what's going on here? Why did your servants uh, put, uh, make, make a fire in my fields? And Avshalom says, listen, I called for you a couple times. He says, you call me to come back to Yerushalayim, but then I, the king won't see me. So Yoav says, fine, and Yoav goes to the Melech, the end of the the end of the parish, parish, Yoav goes to the king, to David, and he says, you know, what Avshalom says, Avshalom says, you let me come back to the city, but if I can't see my father the king, what did I come back for? So David Melech says, okay, let him come, and he does. And Vayav al-Melech, he comes to the king, Vayishtach al-Apav, he bows to him, Vayishak al-Melech l'Avshalom, the king kisses Avshalom, and it's at that point that David has, so to speak, brought Avshalom back to be fully in, in the king's graces. And that, with that we finish, Perek Yudalit. So whereas things uh, would seem to have been coming back together, but now is really where the Tsarists really begin. And that's because Avshalom is going to now begin a rebellion 
against his father, David HaMelech. Um, something we've discussed in the past is that David HaMelech, on the one hand, is, you know, David HaMelech Yisrael, forever, and yet uh, lived uh, through tremendous sorrows in his life. And uh, really, the book of the Sefer of Tehillim reflects that tremendously. Uh, throughout the Sefer of Tehillim, David is davening, and, and you see how he's constantly beset by, by enemies from every side, and, and mostly from within his own family. You know, we had the story with his father-in-law, and now we had the story of his son and a daughter, and now with Avshalom, which is going to be probably the worst story of his life, is the rebellion of his son Avshalom that begins now in Perik Tesfav. So, uh, let's, let's begin the Perik. It says, it was after this, Avshalom made for himself um, Merkava, a special chariot, and he had uh, special horses, and he had 50 people uh, running before him. He started acting like a king. Avshalom would stand in front of the gates of the city, and anyone who would come with different judgments, he would say, I'll take care of your judgments, and I'm the one who really cares for you. He began this whole quest, and Avshalom was a powerful man, but ultimately a very arrogant man. Um, Avshalom says in Pasuk Dalid, who would, if only people would make me the judge of the land. He says, if everyone would come to me, I would be the one who would be able to set everything, everything straight. People would come forth to, uh, to bow before him, and he would kiss the people. He was also very, very charismatic to the people. And this is what he would do. And uh, as people would come, he, he sort of made himself, instated himself as the judge of the people. He had himself seen as the, as the people's person, the one who was there for them. And as the Pasuk says, Vayiganiv Avshalom Maslev Anshe Yisrael. Avshalom stole the heart of the Jewish people. He did all different types of actions in order to endear himself and that the people should see him as ultimately the one fitting to be their ruler. Says the Pasuk, It was after 40 years, and it's not clear in the Pasuk, 40 years since when? So Rashi says, It was 40 years since when the Jewish people asked for a king initially. Right, when they go back to the time of Shmuel HaMelech, which we learned about when the Jewish people asked for a Melech, for a king. Um, and of course, there was uh, first there was Shaul um, for a number of years, then there was David. So this is already well into David HaMelech's kingdom. David is already, is already quite old. Uh, David is, um, is uh, probably mid-60s. David is going to die at 70. And at this time, um, Avshalom hadn't yet officially cut ties with David. And Avshalom comes to his father David and he says, I want to go to Hebron. He says, I have uh, certain uh, nidarim. He says, I, I, want to, I want to go to Hebron because there's good uh, sheep in Hebron. I want to gather to bring karbanos. I made a nether, I made an oath to Hashem that if Hashem will bring me to Yerushalayim, I will serve Hashem properly. So I want to go to Hebron. And David tells him, Go in peace. He goes to Hebron. And here the Gemara says something very interesting, that Yisro, when Yisro sent Moshe Rabbeinu off to, our, to Mitzrayim to redeem the Yidin, he said, Lech lishalom, Go to peace. And Moshe Rabbeinu went on to take all Yisrael out of Mitzrayim. When David HaMelech sends Avshalom to Hebron, he says, Lech bishalom, Go in peace. And the Gemara says, Lech bishalom is very, has very, can have a very, very negative outcome. Because as it as it as 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 in that story that this is the uh, the stepping stone that led to that rebellion that ultimately cost um, Avshalom his life and David Amalekh another one of his sons. So, Pasuk Yud, Avshalom sends out spies to all the different tribes 
And he says, when you hear the kol ha-shofar, when you hear the uh, sound of the shofar, so then you should say wherever wherever you are, Molach Avshalom Bechevron Avshalom became the new king in Chevron. We'll remember when David Amalek started being a king of Kal Yisrael, it was in Chevron. Avshalom knew the power of Chevron, and therefore he went to Chevron, where he thought he would begin his kingdom to be the new king again in this rebellion against his father. Avshalom, the Pasik says, went with 200 men, 200 leaders from Yerushalayim, who were all going. Um, thinking that they're doing the right thing. They didn't know what was going on. And the Gemara says, Rashi brings something very interesting. And that is, Avshalom asked his father, David, he says, could you write for me a letter um, saying that the two people who I asked to come with me should come with me? And David said, yes. And David wrote a letter for his son. And the letter says, I, I'm asking you two people to go with my son. Avshalom then took this paper to numerous people, hundreds of people. So these hundreds of people thought they were going with Avshalom, really. Initially, they thought they were going at the behest of David HaMelech. So he goes with 200 leaders. And Achitofel. Achitofel was an advisor initially to Shlomo. Achitofel was a very wise man, but he, he was a wicked man. Achitofel was the one who advised against David HaMelech to Shlomo initially. And um, so Avshalom brings Achitofel HaGiloni, Achitofel from, 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 uh, from Giloni, wherever that is. Yes. Shoal, Shoal, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, thank oh, you. Okay. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Achitofel was from the uh, from the people that was always on the... Uh, he was very wise and very learned, but he was from the negative people here. And here now he becomes the uh, chief advisor to Avshalom. Um, and he goes with him, Vayihah Kesher Amitz, the Pasuk says in Yudbeis, that the, the, uh, the, the bond got stronger. And the people going with Avshalom became more and more. And at this point, it became evident that Avshalom had created a tremendous following. And this was a, with the intention of overthrowing his father, the king. In Pasuk Yud Gimel, David gets news of what's going on. In Pasuk Yud Gimel, Vayavo HaMagid El David Lemor. The Magid, a Magid is a, uh, a messenger, came to David saying, he says that the heart of the Jewish people is after, is going with Avshalom. And David became very scared because David knew two things. He knew the power of his son Avshalom, but he also knew that he has the punishments awaiting him still. That Nasser and Navi said that his own house would turn against him. So David knew that this is not a small deal and this is not going to go away so quickly. And David says, tells his people, let's escape Yerushalayim. Notice, David didn't try to go to Mulchama, he didn't try to put up a fight. David says, let's run. He realizes that Avshalom right now is powerful, and he realizes that this is part of the punishments that he's going to have to live through. And therefore, he takes his people, he says, Kuma v'nivracha. He says, let's run away from Yerushalayim. He says, because we have to get away from Avshalom. Mi'aru lalachas, let's go very quickly, because otherwise they might reach us, and then they can destroy all of us. So David's trusted servants tell him, Pasuk Tezvav, they said, we will go wherever the king tells us, wherever the king wants us to go. And the king left, the Pasuk says in Tezayin, Vayetze HaMelech V'chalbeso B'raglov. 
the king left with all of his uh, the, with the people of his home. They left by foot, and they left Yerushalayim. Now, but the king David did have what was something we discussed in the past called pilagshim. Pilagshim is um, not not a full wife. We have a ksuva and kedushin. Concubines. Concubines, right? In English, concubines. And the king left his ten his ten concubines stayed there in Yerushalayim. The king felt they were safe at least. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna kill the concubines. Um, and the king himself left by foot, and they left Yerushalayim. And his uh, his servants, the trusted servants, went before him. The crazy and the placey on, on symbol level. That's his uh, the people carrying his the arrows and you know some of his warriors. Six hundred people, six hundred people that had come that had left with the king, um, out, out, out outside of Yerushalayim. And now the, the pastor goes through different people, some servants, those who were truly close to David and those who weren't. So it says there was a person there named Itai Hagiti. Itai Hagiti was someone who wasn't really, um, he was like a, a gear from, uh, from other nations and he had come to live there in Yerushalayim. And the king said, why should you have to come with us? He says, you know, why do you, why do you have to get involved in this battle between a father and son? He says, Nachriyata, you really have your own nation, you can go, you can be safe. Why do you have to come and, you know, run away with me? He says, you just came here not long ago. Now you'll come to me and, and wandering. But this Itai, who was a true, um, a true devoted servant of David, says, no, he says, I swear by Hashem and I swear by, the, by my king, wherever the king will be, I will be for death or for life. I'm going to be with you. And therefore, and, and David says, okay, and David accepts him. And as we'll see later, Itai remains one of the true friends of David HaMelech. The pastor goes on that everyone is crying, the king is crying, his family is crying, everyone realizes this is a terrible time where the king himself is chased out of his palace and he has to run and they cross over a river in the middle of the, of the, of the night. And then it talks about Sadok. Sadok was the one who was the Kohen Gadol, who goes with the king, the Sadok, Vachal Halavim, carrying the Aron of Hashem. Remember, because David had brought the Aron of Hashem back to Yerushalayim, and it was in a tent near David's house. So Tzadok, the Kohen, takes the, and the Levim, they take the Aron, and they're all traveling with David. And then there was Evyasser. Evyasser was the, was the earlier Kohen Gadol. It's interesting, at, at this point it says that Evyasser stopped being the Kohen Gadol. Um, the reason is because he asked for uh, the Kohen Gadol, one of the primary um, jobs of the Kohen Gadol, was to ask... Um, uh, the Urim Vitumim, which is the breastplate that the Kohen Gadol would wear, and ask for a nevuah from Hashem about what they should do. And Avyasar tried to ask, and he wasn't answered. And at that point, that Avyasar um, realizes that the Kedusha of Kohen Gadol has left him and gone over to Tzadok. But nevertheless, both of them, Tzadok and Avyasar, were both Kohanim, Kohanim Gedolim, Tzadikim, and they were with David. And it's at this point that David starts strategizing. And David in Pasuk Hafei turns to Tzadok and to Yasser and he says, you know what, don't come with me. He says, you two, Khan and Gedolim, take the Aaron and go back to Yerushalayim. And I want you to be in Yerushalayim. He says, I don't think my son Avshalom is going to touch you. You're the Khan and Gedolim, you have the Aaron with you. And he says, I want you to stay there. And if Hashem, if, Hashem, if I'll find favor in Hashem's eyes and he'll return me to Yerushalayim, I'll see you. I'll see you there. And if not, if my time is up, um, yomar, if Hashem will say, Lo bach, that Hashem doesn't want me anymore as king, so yasali Hashem will do with me what's good in his eyes. But I want you two to go back to Yerushalayim, and I want you to be like spies for me there. 
and he sends them back, Tzadok and Evyasar, two important names of the Kohanim named Gedolim. He says, you go back to the city, together with your two sons. Um, there was uh, Achimaatz, was the son of Tzadok, and Yonasan, the son of, of Yasser. All of you should go back to Yerushalayim, and you should stay there, and you should see what's going on there in the kingdom, what my son is going to be doing, and uh, you'll be messengers for me. And you'll be able to share with me information and tell me what to do. And that's what happens. And as we'll see in the continuation of the story, that the Kohanim Gedolim, who are true to David HaMelech, are going to go back to Yerushalayim, and they are going to be able to carry on a... Um, have messengers go back and forth to David HaMelech and are able to advise him as this war is going to get... Um, is going to continue. And that's what happens. Pasi Chavtas. Vayashav Tzadok Vevyasar Asaron Elohim Yerushalayim Vayesh Vusham Tzadok and Evyasar, who are these Kohanim Gedolim, returned the Aron to Yerushalayim and they stayed in Yerushalayim. And David continues in his journey, Pasig Lamed, David is going in the, uh, in the mountains of olives and he's crying and he's, he's bitter and he's going barefoot and the nation that's with the people that are with him are all of them that way, they're, they're, they're downtrodden, and they're all crying, they're, everyone's brokenhearted at what's going on over here. And it's at this point that David is told that Achitofel, that great, you know, that wise and wicked advisor, has gone with Avshalom, and David davens to Hashem, he says, Sakil Achitofel Hashem, Hashem, um, make, make silly the advice of Achitofel. In other words, that, that Achitofel should not be able to give proper advice. David continues and he comes, comes to the, the uh, um, he comes to the top of a mountain, he bows to Hashem, and then he sees a person named Hushi Ha'arki. And Hushi Arki is another good friend, a true friend of David. And he sees his Hushi Arki coming and his, his, his garments are ripped, there's dirt on his head. And David says, What, you also want to come with us? He says, You're coming with us, it's not going to help me. It will just make us more people here. It will make it hard, more difficult for us to, to, to move. I want you too to go to the city. He says, Imair Tasha, I want you to go to the city and I want you to tell my son Avshalom that you will be a servant to him. And that even though you were a servant to me, to David Amalekh, I want you to tell Avshalom that you're going to be his servant. And that way you'll be able to work together with the Kohan named Gedolim over there and you'll be able to help me. So again, we see David on the one hand is running from his son and one is very broken. And on the other hand, he's constantly strategizing. And that's what he does. He sends Hushi, Hushi Arki. And again, we're, 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 if you remember these names, they're going to be very important in the continuation. But he says that he's sending his, uh, this Hushi to go back to Yerushalayim. And he says, you be in touch with the Kohanim named Gedolim, Tzadok and Avyasar and their sons. And, um, and in that way, you'll be able to help me from, from Yerushalayim. And that's exactly what happens in Pasuk Lamazayim, the end of the par- the end of the parak, that Hushi, the good friend, the true friend of David, comes to the city of Yerushalayim, and Avshalom, Avshalom is coming to Yerushalayim as well. And that's the end of Perik Tes Vov. Um, you know what? I think we'll we'll stop here. Stop. We'll stop here. Tezayin is a lengthy parak and goes to the continuation of this battle, but this is the uh, first steps. Of uh, again the terrible uh, rebellion and battle, which ultimately is going to lead to the death of Avshalom, before David is uh, really reinstated again as the king of Klal Yisrael. So we will continue Bezras Hashem from Perek Tezayin when we begin. But again, it's not going to be next week. 
and I, I hope in two weeks, Amir Sashem. Okay, so to be continued. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're very welcome.